Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, what's happening, man? It's Tip T.I. Harris. Come check me out, man. Join me on my new podcast called Expeditionally. Exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now, every week I'm going to be talking to people who move the culture forward, who are shaping and changing the world in their own way. You're going to hear some shit that will change your life and move the needle in your world. Expeditiously is exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now, what I need you to do is download and subscribe to Expeditiously with a new episode dropping every Thursday. Do it expeditiously! Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave, this is Dan Patrick. Final hour on this Friday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. What are we having, Cuban sandwiches? Is that what uh, we have on the Traeger Grill? Yeah, pressed Cuban sandwiches with, uh, we got some pulled pork going there, we got some ham, we got some uh, pickles and mustard. Mm. It's all coming together. Now, the Traeger makes anything greater, but the pickles to me are the secret ingredient with this sandwich here. If the pickles and the mustard are the, yeah. the, the core. Yeah, absolutely. All right, McLovin. Update the results from the poll question, please. Uh, should Carlos Beltran ever be a manager again in baseball? Now it's 80% say no. Yeah. I'm surprised. Ever's a long time. Pete Rose can tell you about ever. Um, but if he does come back, like eventually you have to answer questions if you're Carlos Beltran. A.J. Hinch is going to have to answer a question. Alex Cora is going to have to answer. Because the reporters are going to say, Hey, there's no ongoing investigation. We want to know how you were cheating. Now, he can say, we've moved on from that, but there are going to be reports. There's going to be more stories that come out. Guaranteed. More stories may not be all about the Astros, may about people who played for the Astros, may be about other teams here. Yeah, Fritzy. And what's the time frame for these guys that goes by where you start thinking that creeps into your mind? Am I, like, done with baseball? Are they just... Am I going to just forever be forgotten? No one's going to give me an opportunity? Was it one year, two years, three years if these guys are waiting around? Yeah, it's interesting. And do you see where Mike Trout got dragged into some things? Do you see this story? McLevin, did you see? Um... I did see. what One of these internet, uh, people who's been making allegations on the internet said something about Trout too. No, no, no. Oh. This is Scott Broch's yeah, son. Scott Broch's son, yeah. He's been tweeting a lot of stuff. But as I'm looking at this story right now, is Scott Brocious in Major League Baseball? He accuses Scott Brocious, of course, played for the uh, the Yankee Yankees. Um, his son is David Brocious. He accuses Mike Trout of taking HGH, finding a loophole. And I guess the loophole is that Mike Trout has a medical condition. Is it a thyroid condition? That's what he's accused of by this guy, David Brocious. Yeah. Do you have anything else on this story, McLovin? I got it. David Brocious basically posted, if you want to read something better, Mike Trout takes HGH for a thyroid condition. It's a loophole to found, and MLB doesn't want to make it public because they know their fans don't want to know that their best player is on HGH. Thought you'd appreciate to know this. He posted this on, uh, in response to some things on social media. Then he deleted his own post. If you're Mike Trout, you, 
don't know what you want to do here, but you can go after that guy. Yeah, Brocious wrote this on Instagram. It's a loophole he found, and Major League Baseball doesn't make it public because they don't want fans knowing their best player is on HGH. But people within know. And then all of a sudden, everybody went off on this. Um, we should actually start working on the documentary now of 2020, the year thyroid conditions <laughs> spiked in Major League Baseball. Anybody else got a thyroid condition in Major League Baseball? No, no, in Major League oh. Baseball. Yeah, Major League Baseball. <laughs> all right, uh, a couple of phone calls here. We uh, About an hour ago, we started talking about the best ending of a song, and Paulie brought up Rush, Spirit of the Radio. I brought up the Beatles, um, A Day in the Life. Uh, with that long cord that they stay on, people brought up Baba O'Reilly. Barry in New York, what do you have for me, Barry? Good morning, Dan, uh, 59185. Thank you. Uh, all due respect, I have a better Beatles ending. Okay. It's Helter Skelter. They uh, fade out, they fade in, and then Ringo screams, I've got blisters on my fingers! Okay, and that is a very powerful... Wasn't that the song that they did because they they had gotten word the Who were going to come out with something that was going to be a louder? It wasn't punk rock because I don't think punk rock was around at that time. But the Beatles came out with Helter Skelter because they were trying to be out in front of it before the Who came in. But thank you, Barry. Yeah, Paulie. Yeah, part uh, McCartney said he was inspired to write Helter Skelter after reading an interview with Pete Townsend where he described their latest single, I Can See for Miles, as the loudest, rawest, dirtiest song that who had ever recorded. McCartney said, let's go, let's match it. Oh, so they already had something, and then they, they answered that. Correct. It's sort of like what the Beatles did. The Beatles did this to the Beach Boys. Here's your Helter Skelter. <laughs> That's the ending there with uh, Ringo. He's got blisters on his fingers. All right. Uh, some, somebody suggested uh, Sweet Judy Blue Eyes by Crosby, Stills, Nash. I don't think it's Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. I think it's Crosby, Stills, Nash. When you add Young, it sounds like a law firm. At first, it's not like a rock band. Then you throw in a Young, it sounds like a law firm. Is it Crosby, Stills, Nash? I don't think Young is in this one. Song is always better when Neil Young is in it. But Stephen Stills had a wonderful voice. Actually, all three of those, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, wonderful harmonies there. Probably rivaled by the Beach Boys and maybe the Everly Brothers. Wait, where'd it go? Where'd my do 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 do? Maybe I I did the last thirty seconds for you. So wait, I got cheated there. Yeah, uh, okay, that was good though. Yeah. Started out well. That was Judy Collins, who has these gorgeous blue eyes. That Stephen Stills, I think, was dating Judy Collins at the time. I bet there's probably a lot of Pink Floyd songs that have pretty awesome endings, but the endings themselves are fifteen minutes long. <laughs> so you're like. Don't they start at the end? Like it feels like a Pink, <laughs> yeah. Pink Floyd song. It's like 
okay, they're ending. And then it goes seven minutes. All right, 877 3D, uh, 3D song, the 3D show. Oh, it's Friday. I'm tired. Uh, Rick in North Carolina joins us. Hey, Rick, how are you? Hey, Dan. Uh, Long time listener. Great fan of your work throughout your entire career. Well, thank you. Thank you, Rick. In the Beatles' uh, Day in the Life, you mentioned, you know, can you imagine if somebody made a noise? If you listen at the 30 second mark, you can hear. A noise. It's like the orchestra that leads up to that chord. Someone maybe leans in a wooden chair and rustles music, and you hear a squeak, rustle, shh. And oh. it, it's very, very clear on the uh, on the album at about the thirty second mark. All right. Well, I have some of my best people uh, on that. Are you yes, saying the thirty second mark in the beginning or the end? The end. At the end, after the chord starts, about thirty seconds in, as it's fading. Now, when I was at at Carolina. I didn't have money, couldn't buy the album, went to the, the listening lab at the music building, and you had to check out headphones. And so I listened to this album over and over with headphones, and I thought, wait a minute, somebody went, shh. And <laughs> it's actually part of the music. I thought somebody was shushing me the first time. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate that. Uh, Jamie in New York joins us. Hi, Jamie. Hi. West Albany, New York. Under pressure, David Bowie. Okay. Um, we'll we'll take a listen there. Thank you, Jamie. Under pressure. Well, that song's good all over doom, the place. Doom, 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 doom. Doop, doop. I really think the end of the Vanilla Ice version is even better, as yeah. I recall. <laughs> but it's not the same as yeah, under right. Pressure. Sorry, of course. Dude. Under pressure. Pressure. Do you think somebody is the one doing that? That that's not Bowie who's doing that? Like an engineer in the back? No, like you bring in somebody who's really good at just doing that. A snapping specialist? Yeah. Where's the snapper? Hey. <laughs> yeah. There's probably some people who are really good at snapping. I can snap my fingers with my left hand, but not my right hand. What's up with that? Really? Yeah, I'm the same. I can do my left hand, but not my right is... <laughs> not even close. I'm not even getting like a, a morsel. Here comes that Emmy. Yep. This is when we win the sports Emmy. <laughs> For next year. Now we're going yeah. back to back. So uh, do you want to talk about the great moment that helped you win the Emmy? It really all came together when we started snapping our fingers. <laughs> it was, uh, left side only. It was a revelation that Paulie, the one-eyed guy, can only snap with his left hand. That really put us over the top in the voting room. Let's bring Paulie up here, my yeah. one-eyed producer. Oh, thank him. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you can't see, but you can snap with your left side. Yes, thank you. My kids challenged me to tap the top of my head and rub my stomach at the same time. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Can you guys do that? Yeah. You probably can't. I probably can't? It's very Where hard. I rub my... my uh... You tap your... Tap your head and rub your stomach. You'll start tapping your stomach in about 10 seconds. No, because what you do is you keep your hand glued to your stomach. So then if you do that, then I can't tap that. Try, to, try not doing one first. Try starting both simultaneously at oh, the yeah. exact same time. This is really good radio, too. So there you go. Boom, 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 boom. Marconi. Yep. Another award coming our way. 
So what was it that helped you win <laughs> that Marconi as best radio host in America? If you rub your stomach and then you tap your head. That's when we did it. Incredible. <laughs> Colin Cowherd is practicing that right now. Right now. How do I do that? That's <laughs> that's how I do it. It brought back echoes of the sausage off days, Dan. That's why we voted for them. JT in Ohio joins us. Hi, JT. Hey, DP. Hey, First bud. time, long time. Uh, six feet, 240. Great ending for a song for you. Okay. Uh, ACDC. Down, play, down Payment Blues, the last 30 seconds. It's a great blues riff. All right. We were trying to go with something that people might have heard of. So uh, thank you, JT. We appreciate that. Something that's a little more mainstream here. We're an all-inclusive radio show. Yes, McLove. Is there really more than one ACD song? Aren't they all kind of like the one song? It's pretty fair. They, they, they changed the lyrics. Right, they but do? they all feel yeah, very they do. I think they I do. I can't understand their lyrics anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it. That's it. Thunderstruck! The drums never change. The drums are always exactly the same, mm. which is actually kind of brilliant, but mm. no offense. Uh, Donald in Vermont joins us. Hi, Donald. Hey, DP. 510 <laughs> Uh, I don't know the name to the song. I know it's Pink Floyd. When he goes, you, yes, you, stand still, laddie. <laughs> and it's, it's fitting for uh, Friday, Traeger Meat Fridays. You can't have any pudding if you don't eat your meat. Thank you. That's a, we don't need no edge. Brick in the wall. Yeah. I think anybody who calls in with the ending of a song has to perform the ending of a song. I think that's. Good call. That, that's the only way you get on air. Mario, the only way they get on the air is if they're willing to perform. <laughs> By the way, speaking of music, uh, the Meet Friday songs, the competition getting ready to start up again. So send those in. Go to the website and uh, we'll uh, start that competition coming up. Yes, McLovin. That's a pretty diehard fan. He goes, I can't remember the name of that Pink Floyd song. He just quoted The Wall. <laughs> and he's like, what is that? It's one of the obscure. It's the only. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, let me see. What do I have here? Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers uh, talking about how important it is to get another Super Bowl ring and uh, what his teammates are saying about it. What does it mean to you as a leader inside that locker room to have so many guys talk about what it would mean to them to help send you to your second Super Bowl? Well, I haven't really heard a lot of that, but I do appreciate that. Uh, there is uh, a feeling, I think, when you're younger and there's some older guys in the squad who are on the back half of their career, you know, wanting to make them uh, get that ring for them. Yeah. I don't know how sentimental he feels about this. At least not yet. Let's get to the Super Bowl. You're going on the road to face San Francisco. The Titans are looking to become the fourth team to reach the Super Bowl after losing seven or more games in the regular season. Only one team won the Super Bowl, the 2011 Giants. The 1979 Rams went 9-7, and seven, lost to the Steelers. That was when uh, Bradshaw had that great performance. That was in uh, California, wasn't it? Was that at the Rose Bowl? Is that the Vince Ferragamo one? I think so. 1979. Yeah. That was a great Super Bowl. 2008 Cardinals went 9-7, and seven, lost to the Steelers. So the Steelers beat two teams that went 9-7 and seven for their uh, two of their Super Bowls. The Giants 9-7 and seven when they defeated the Patriots 21-17. The Titans 9-7. and seven. 
Yes, McLovin. Does this feel like this Titans team is even more unlikely than those teams? Um, well, I saw a lot in the Giants, and, and that's the only reason why I made that crazy, at the time, crazy prediction on David Letterman that the Giants were going to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. It's because they played the Patriots at the end of the year, and I thought, okay, now you've seen it. Now do you have enough defense to stop that? And, you know, can Eli make a couple of plays? I don't know what the point spread was. Were they 10-point underdogs in that Super Bowl? Or were they a little less than that? I'm, I'm trying to remember what the Giants were. I mean, you'd think the Patriots being undefeated and the Giants were 9-7, and seven, and the Patriots just beat them at the end of the regular season. But I don't know if the Giants were double-digit underdogs in that Super Bowl. Do you find it, Andy? Uh, we're looking here. Uh, the Patriots are favored. I see 13 to 14 okay. points against the Giants. Okay. Higher than normal. Not the biggest spread, I don't think, but closer. But that Giants team, though, at least they had stars. Like, we knew them. The Titans are famously an anonymous team. They've never had success since 2001. You know, I feel like this team would come out of nowhere more than any of those teams. This is how it sounded when I went on Letterman that uh, that night. Uh, this is prior to Super Bowl week when I made the following prediction. Let's talk about the Giants. What an unlikely team to go to the Super Bowl. How about that? I think they're going to win. Really? Yeah. Well, I hope so. It'd be fun. Yeah, I like them. <laughs> and why do you think they'll win? I, I just think that uh, they've been on a roll. They uh, they learned something last time they played the Patriots. Um, I think they treated that game like it was a Super Bowl. It right. helped them with their first couple of games. That's right. The Cowboys in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Beating the Packers didn't surprise me. So uh, I I think that the Patriots, they're they're not – I think you can beat them. And, and I think Dave said, have you been drinking too? Well, I remember watching it and being like, what is he doing? What is he, crazy? I got done with that show, and I went out to my car. There's a parking garage just down the block from uh, Letterman Studio. And I remember I went, oh, my God, what did I just do? And nobody knew about it because you tape it. And then all of a sudden, word started to leak out a little bit. And then I had people saying, oh, what are you doing, man, your credibility? Like, and I said, no, I, I do believe they're going to win. And then I had friends who said, don't don't say that anymore. Like, just don't say that anymore. Just act like you were joking on Letterman. I go, no, I feel like they're going to win. Guys, you know, trying to tell me, don't do that. I told him, I said, bet on him. Take the Giants in the points. Absolutely. You don't think they're going to win outright? Take the Giants in the points. Yeah, McLovin. I just, in the story, they said the, this week 17 score was 38-35. Yeah. Patriots, very close game. Yeah, but it didn't. I mean, the Patriots wanted to go undefeated, but it it didn't feel like the Giants were blinking. Um, Now, you're looking at a a lot of points scored there, and I was basing my prediction off the defense putting pressure on Tom Brady. I didn't feel as confident as I, you know, see them put 38 points on the Giants, but it came down to defense in that game. They put pressure on Brady all afternoon. Yeah, McLeod. So, in a situation like that, are you rooting for the Giants? Back in 2008. Oh, yeah, just to be right. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. It's not selfish to root there. Yeah, just because I made a prediction. But if you said the Patriots went undefeated, I would have been great. You know, that's great. Now I don't have to see the 72 Dolphins toasting every year. We'll get to watch the Patriots do it now for a while. All right, we'll take a break. Chris Sims on loan from Pro Football Talk will join us coming up. 20 after the hour. 
This is the Dan Patrick Show. Everybody has to do taxes, and yet not everybody feels comfortable doing them, which doesn't seem right, especially when you consider all the amazing things these same people accomplish every day of their lives. TurboTax believes that with the right tools and encouragement, people can be good at anything, yes, even taxes. And to help people feel more comfortable with the tax process, TurboTax Live gives you personal access to experienced CPAs and EAs who are there for you, even on nights and weekends. And they're happy to go through your return with you line by line to double check that you've done everything right. So you can be sure to get your best possible refund, feel 100% confidence in your taxes. It's TurboTax. All people are tax people. TurboTax believes everyone should feel comfy doing their taxes. And it's all the tools you need to feel confident in this tax process, including that expert level reassurance. TurboTax has experienced CPAs and EAs available to review your return right along with you. These experienced tax pros can review your return line by line and give you approval even before you file. Ensure your taxes are done right and that you get the best possible refund. TurboTax, all people are tax people. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Now, if you're going to call in and you got a great ending to a song, we've offered up ours. You have to perform it. Just want to let let you know. Like Josh in Los Angeles who joins us. All right, Josh, you ready to perform the great ending of a song? I'm ready to do it. Okay. Uh, Guns and Roses, Sweet Child of Mine, Fritzy, if you want to jump in, you're more than welcome. No, we don't need that. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. Okay. Where do we go? Where do we go now? Oh, where do we go? Oh, where do we go now? Where do we go? Oh, where do we go now? Oh, where do we go? Oh, where do we go now? Down, 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 down. Sweet child, sweet child. Yeah. <laughs> well done, Josh. I can't tell the difference between the two. Chris Sims from Pro Football Talk Live joins us now. <laughs> top that, Chris. What do I got to top? I'll top it. What is it? Uh, it's the best ending to a song. But you gotta you gotta perform it. I don't know if Fritzy gave you a heads up. Probably not. But uh, no. Do you have a Do you have a great ending to a song? Um, I can't think of one right off the okay. bat. Okay. Like, let's talk some football, and then maybe <laughs> something will come to my mind that I'll I'll lend the interview with something that comes to my head. Okay. All right. All Just right. a great ending to the song. That's all we yeah. want. A great ending. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because most people talk about the beginning of a song. And right. we focus on something different. It was just how a song ends. That's all. Well, like I, right away, I think of like Stairway to Heaven, like Led Zeppelin, how it like just goes into that like huge moment there at the end where yeah. all of a sudden it becomes like an unbelievable hard rock, rock and roll song where it was slow leading up to that. So 
that's one that jumps out to me. I mean, I love me some Stairway to Heaven, and Red Led Zeppelin's definitely my favorite class classic rock band. So uh, that's one. Okay. You're you're preaching to the choir there because it was always awkward at the high school dances when Stairway to Heaven came on because it starts out and it's in my wheelhouse. It's slow <laughs> dancing, and then all of a sudden. Right. My arms aren't around her anymore because you're not, you can't slow dance when it starts to pick it up. And then I got to go air guitar, guitar on her. That's right. Yeah, that would pose some problems. That's good. But, you know, those are for people who were, you know, dancing at the prom in the 70s. I didn't have that problem, <laughs> yeah. so sorry. All right, here's your question for you, Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk, NBC Sports. The quarterback who could benefit the most from a Super Bowl win of the Final Four is who? Well, I mean, I think that conversation is between Mahomes and Rodgers right off the bat. You know, the, the thing I look at here, I'm going to, I think I'm ultimately going to say Aaron Rodgers here. Uh, obviously, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I think this would catapult him into, ooh, he has a chance to be really, really special and win a lot of Super Bowls if he can do it in his second year starting. But he also has a lot of years left in his career to do this as well. Where Aaron Rodgers, I think, you know, we get down here, we're get, we're to the end. At least it's coming to the end. We're on the you know the slope down downward, and yeah, he's only been to one Super Bowl. You know, I know, you know, I, I hold him in very very high regard. I think anybody that's watched football realizes he's certainly one of the all time greats. And to get into the, I've been to his two Super Bowls and won a, and have a chance to win a second Super Bowl. I think our, uh, yeah, brings him into a different stratosphere and maybe silences some of the haters of the world who don't think Rodgers is as good as I do or, or maybe some people around the NFL. I thought Ryan Tannehill has the most to gain because he was forgotten. He was a backup. Uh, emer- sure. and, and maybe he's another Nick Foles uh, waiting to happen. Rodgers, to me, if he wins two, now he goes into a different stratosphere. Now you can make a legitimate argument that he's the – second best quarterback of all time. Uh, you know, Brady is still going to be yeah. number one, but he he would at least right. be in the conversation, even though you got guys who have more Super Bowls than him. I think Mahomes winning one would put him into the Russell Wilson category of young quarterback. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo would be in that too. Jimmy Garoppolo would be yeah. more like Russell Wilson because, you know, it's a defensive-minded team that he's on. He's not necessarily asked to be the star. At least Russ wasn't back then. He is now. But I see Garoppolo maybe a parallel uh, to become Russell Wilson if he would win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I I could see that, certainly. I mean, you know, hey, to win a Super Bowl early in your career, you know, you literally look at at the guys who are, you know, considered the all-time greats. They all did that. You know, whether that's Montana, Brady, Terry Bradshaw, Russell Wilson, it is a huge thing. And, you know, you might say, well, why is it so huge? Because it takes the pressure off the situation if you're that franchise quarterback, right? You know, you just go, man, I, I've, I've proved it. In year two or year three, I played in the hardest situation, circumstance you could possibly play. So from there on out, you got the confidence, one, to go, okay, I've already known I've passed the toughest test in, you know, the NFL, which is winning a Super Bowl. So it doesn't get any harder than that. And then also, it gives you almost some freedom as a young player because you go, yeah, I've already won it, so I can let it fly the next time I'm in an AFC championship game and not worry about, like, oh, gosh, i got to protect the ball and my legacy and i got to try to get to the Super Bowl. And I think those are great advantages of, for, for the quarterbacks who do win it at an early stage. You know, I mean, none of them are wrong. You're right. And Tannehill, I think, is above Nick Foles as far as 
to your point, like, yeah, maybe it's that story, but I think he's got more talent than a Nick Foles. I mean, I, I think Tannehill is a borderline franchise-type guy. I think Tennessee's seeing that, and I, I would kind of be surprised if they don't sign him to some sort of long-term deal after this year is over, no matter what happens this weekend on Sunday. He's Chris Sims from Pro Football Talk Live. You can see him every morning, Monday through Friday, with Mike Florio. Have you seen enough of Joe Burrow where – and you've always been cutting edge ahead of a lot of people. You are ahead of a lot of people with Lamar Jackson. Is is Joe Burrow a sure thing? I, I You know, I do. I think he is a sure thing. Yes. Now, does he have, like, this incredible right arm like a Patrick Mahomes or, you know, the legs of a Lamar Jackson or anything like that? No. He doesn't have that one thing I look at and just go, oh, my gosh, that is so extraordinary. There's no way he can fail. But the one thing I look at is I don't really see any weakness in his game. I think that's the thing that jumps out to me more than anything, where I go, okay, good size. Wow, well, really good athlete, like better than you would expect, the way he moves around. And when a lane opens up, he can go rip off a 30-yard run like we saw the other night at the end of the first half against Clemson. Uh, the throwing. It's really good. He's got a real good arm. Is it a Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers type arm? No, it's not. But it's really good that way. He's executed a pro-style offense. Yes, he's had some big-time pros around him. I get that. But there's other top ten picks that were quarterbacks that had big-time talent around him as well. And, you know, he's got tremendous feel, right, Dan? I mean, that's the one thing. He just got to – he knows how to place the ball in certain situations. He never really seems to throw the ball into coverage. He moves around in the pocket and never seems flustered, but yet can keep his eyes downfield. Uh, that's where I'm really impressed with him. He really knows how to play the position, let alone he's got you know some big-time talent to go along with it. But we're also seeing this trend. Kyler Murray, we got a one-year sample with him. Dwayne Haskins, right. a one-year sample. Joe Burrow, basically a one-year sample. The previous year, I mean, he had good numbers, but nothing like this. Yes. I mean, how tough is that for the scouts to be able You know, Trevor Lawrence is going to give you three years of a sample size. Yeah, no, no, it, it's tough. They're, you're right. I mean, hey, you want you want the sample size. More than anything, you want the reps. That's the big thing. You know, and at least Joe Burrow's got that the last two years. He's just got a number of throws and, and big plays and big moments, and he played in the SEC. And, you know, the SEC is the closest thing in college football to the NFL. It's just, you know, every defense has NFL defense alignment and linebackers and corners and all those things. So you've been able to measure that. You know, I think he's played enough to where that's not going to be an issue. If it was just this year, uh, yeah, I can understand that question because then you start to get into the Mitchell Trubisky conversation and things like that where you go, yeah, okay, he was good, but, you know, does he have a real good feel of the game? Is he nuanced at the position? Things like that. But I, I think I've seen enough from Joe, and I think he has enough reps that NFL evaluators will feel good about what they see over the last two years, and especially this year. Most important non-quarterback playing this weekend is who? Oh, well, it's hard not to point at Derrick Henry. Uh, I mean, I just look at, I look at that game, and I expect the Kansas City Chiefs to win. I do. You know, I watched the first game back earlier this week on film. Kansas City was very close early in the game to really blowing the Tennessee Titans out of the football game. But, I mean, and the Chiefs are better on run defense. One of the better run defenses in football down the stretch, really ever since that game in Week 10. But 
man, this offensive line for the Titans, you know, I just wonder, you know, am I being a fool? Is this just another matchup where it just doesn't matter? And this offensive line with their, their first round for top 10 tackles and good guard play and center play, are they just going to mash this ball once again with this big, you know, dump truck, Derrick Henry, and it's going to be five yards, and it's going to be eight yards, and it's going to be five yards, and it's going to be 50 yards. And I, I, I think that Kansas City has the right scheme and people to slow down that attack, let alone hopefully their, you know, at least in my opinion, their offense could, could put pressure on the Tennessee offense if the Chiefs can get out and get a lead and everything like that. But, man, Derrick Henry is about as important of a running back as I've seen to a team in a, in a long, long time. All right, so who do you have? Uh, for the games, both of them, you're saying, or yeah. just that, or that? Yeah, both. I'm going to go Chiefs 31-20, all right? And I'm going to go 49ers 24-17 to to win that game. Um, I, think the, I think the 49ers are the best team left. You know, as you saw last week, though, Jimmy G is scary. He's scary. There's no doubt about that. You know, he, he could have easily thrown four or five interceptions in that game last week. Well, what, what, Green, what concerns yeah. you? Because I've said that all along. I'm, I might be right. the, the last guy in with Jimmy G. I'm just waiting. When he needs to make a big play, can he make a big play? Yeah. I think he's helped out. Uh, right. You know, he's surrounded by, you know, very good defense, secondary, and they've got a really good offensive line and running game. Yep. He might right. be forced to, you know, at some point make a big play, and that's what no I want to see. I know. You're right. I mean, he's answered a lot of the questions. You know, hey, he made some big plays in New Orleans, right, to win that game. Yep. Of course, week 17 up in Seattle, he played maybe his best game of the year. But, yeah, the question still remains, and this is playoff football, as we know it's different. You know, players go for broke more. Defensive coordinators go for broke. If I'm Green Bay and I'm Mike Pettin, the defensive coordinator out there, I mean, that's what I'm doing. I'm going, oh, oh, no, sorry, Kyle Shanahan. I know you're awesome, and I get that. But I'm going to make Jimmy Garoppolo beat me. And, you know, the Packers, they are not as talented as the 49ers, but they have some things that I do think pose some issues for them. Pedden, one, is creative. Two, they have good corners on the outside. And if you really break down the 49ers offense, Dan, the one thing that jumps out to me Shanahan, Garoppolo, they live over the middle. I mean, they almost throw the ball outside the numbers or down the field, almost never. I would make Jair Alexander and Kevin King say, play man-to-man, play inside technique, make him throw outs and comebacks and go routes. We're going to put the other eight or nine guys right in the middle of the field to stop all those fancy Shanahan read option slant throws and play action throws over the middle to Kittle and put all those guys in the middle to slow down the run game, and I would play that way. I think they need to make some sort of a drastic move like that because, I mean, as you know, you saw the first game. You know, was it a little misleading in 37 days? Sure, I don't think it was that big of a blowout, but the 49ers are clearly the better team on the field, and I think the Garoppolo thing and the things we just talked about are, are certainly something I would be looking at if I'm Green Bay. We saw Odell Beckham uh, have $100 handshakes there at LSU. How often did you get $100 handshakes at Texas? Well, we've had this discussion before. I've already gotten in trouble. And just so everybody oh, that's, knows, right. I with, that's right. I cleared <laughs> this with Texas and the NCAA and everybody, okay? First off, it goes on everywhere. So just, you know, NCAA, screw <laughs> off, all right? It's going on. Nothing you can do, NCAA. Screw up. Just like how the NCAA takes handouts from people who want to sponsor bowl games. 
players stick their hand out every now and then, and they get some cash too. So eat it. I just don't know why Odell Beckham Jr. had to do it in front of the camera. Okay, That's wait. The only thing. Did you get a phone call the last time I asked you about this from? Yes, from... Texas. Oh. Yes. I had some Texas teammates who like <laughs> called me and were mad at me. Like, man, you're you're going to get the school in trouble. And I was like, listen, you got to listen to the context of the conversation first off. And yeah, I had to talk to the representative from the University of Texas. They wanted to make sure it wasn't somebody associated with the program. I was like, no, it happened in a parking lot outside a restaurant twice where some guy knew I was going into this place on a consistent basis. I came out. He had five jerseys there. I signed it. He gave me like two or three hundred dollars and I gladly accepted and moved on with life. Oh, I love you. You're great. Hey, have a great <laughs> weekend. Guy. Thank you, buddy. Uh, great talk to you. Nick, great talking to you. Have All a right, good man. weekend. See you guys. That's Chris Sims, NBC Sports. I didn't know I got him in trouble. I mean, I'd still ask the question, but wow. I, I, on the rankings of athletes or former athletes or coaches that we've gotten in trouble, that's a, that's a mid-level one because Chris didn't actually have to go in his pocketbook. Steve Kerr and Mark Cuban, we've gotten in like real trouble. Uh, some people have tweeted, probably uh, San Francisco fans. So wait, if Rodgers makes it to a second Super Bowl, he's better than Montana? I don't get that logic. No, he said he's in the conversation. He's in the conversation. That's all. Is he better? I mean, would I have him higher than Montana? I wouldn't. But do I think he's a better quarterback? The abilities there. Yeah, I think he's a better quarterback. But I think John Elway's a better quarterback than Montana. But that that's not the question. I'm talking about if he gets to a second one, then I think it, it allows him into the conversation. It's just like LeBron James. He may never surpass what you think of Michael Jordan, no matter what he does. But I said, if you get another title with another team, now you've got a legitimate conversation to have there on LeBron is the greatest of all time. That's all. Yes, McClellan. No, it's funny. Patrick Mahomes, if he wins, he can get into that most talented conversation right behind Rodgers. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. He's already there. He's yeah. the heir apparent to the most talented. Very similar to Rodgers. Yes, right? absolutely. Take a break. Um, we have our Traeger meat Friday. We're making Cuban sandwiches out there. Hopefully they're coming off the grill. If you're watching on Audience Channel 239 Direct TV or BR Live, you'll be able to see it in all of its glory. And we'll get some more phone calls you have to perform the end of a great song. More of that coming up here on the Dan Patrick Show. Everybody's got a to-do list. I get one from my wife, drop off the dry cleaning, pick up some milk, figure out something to get out of the house so I can relax. Here's an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. The good thing, you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Do you like extra money in your pocket? Do you like not having to drive somewhere to pick something up? This is the way to do it. It just may be the most rewarding thing on your to-do list today. That's geico.com. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to... 
a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Close-up shop, as we always do every Friday, Traeger Meat Friday. My thanks to all the people who make this possible every single day, especially those folks in Los Angeles at what we call the LABC. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, if you got the ending of a great song, which we have uh, talked about here for the last two hours, you have to perform it. Uh, let me try this out. This could go horribly wrong, which would still make for great content. Mike in Indianapolis joins us. Hi, Mike. What do you have for me? DP, you guys are the best. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for sharing. Sure. And uh, I can smell that meat coming through the phone. It smells delicious. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just want to make. I'm with you. Uh, Stairway to Heaven, Led Zeppelin, best rock and roll song ever. And I fortunately was lucky in '76 to see in my senior year in high school perform that live. Nothing like it. That moment always sticks with me. And that was 15 years before Reg was giving us the joy in the early '90s. But uh, and she's buying a stairway to heaven. I guess i got to keep my day job, DP. Yes, yes, you do. But thank you, Mike. Thank you for uh, the the, uh, story behind that. Uh, John in Virginia joins us. Hi, John. What do you have for me today? Hey, Dan. Six feet, 205. Uh, I got Take It to the Limit by the Eagles. Ooh. Yep. Okay. Okay. Hey, take it to the limit. Come on. Take it to the limit. Come on, take it to the limit. One more time. Take it to the limit. Take it to the limit. Take it to the limit. One more time. Thank you, John. Tough to get where Timothy B. Schmidt gets on this, right? All right, uh, Jesse in California. Hey, Jess. Hey, Dan. And Dan Etz. Good morning. 62250. All right. Okay, so probably one of my favorite songs growing up, and I listen to it all the time, Iron Butterfly, Inagata DeVita. Okay. Ends up, after 18 minutes of just massive drums, the ending goes, three, four. I'm going to have that played at my funeral. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. Inagata DeVita. 
What is this, 18 minutes long? When I was playing music, you'd always have somebody say, hey, playing a God of DeVita, or Green Grass and High Tides Forever, the live version, which is like 18 or 20 minutes. So it'd be, I was working at 10 at night until 1 in the morning spinning records in college, and I'd get, I'd break it like at 10.38, and then do a couple of commercials, and then I'd put on Green Grass and High Tides and say, see ya, and then I would just leave the <laughs> studio and then next person coming in, they'd be getting out their records, and I'd just say, hey, see you. I'm going back, having a couple of beers here. Uh, this day in sports history, what do you have for me today? Uh, 1996, baseball owners agreed to do interleague play for 1997. 19, okay, one, this birthday, Muhammad Ali would have been 78 years old today. And in 1978, sad one, the Sex Pistols broke up, Dan. That's mm. it. Yeah, I wasn't big into this. That was this. a shocker. Yeah. Who saw that yeah. one coming? <laughs> They, they scream longevity. <laughs> yeah. I thought they'd be in their 80s playing you know, reunion tour. Sex Pistols. I, I, I was never into the Sex Pistols. I sort of missed out on punk. Like, even the Ramones. I appreciated them. I just, I, it wasn't something that I was attached to. A lot of it was, um, like, style. More show. More yeah. style than substance, maybe. Um, I could see why people wouldn't be into it. Yeah, I kind of like music. Oh, <laughs> yeah, wow. Good music. <laughs> Todd, what did you learn today? Steve in California wants to know where the State Farm agent's allegiance lies if the Chiefs and Packers end up meeting in the Super you Bowl. you got to do a feature on him for the Super Bowl if you're Fox. McLovin? Chris Sims got some calls from his old friends at Texas. Yeah, he might be getting calls from the NCAA now. Seton, what'd you learn? Yeah, I think Chris Sims' phone's going to be busy <laughs> if it's not already. Polyester, what'd you learn? The singing the ends of songs bit really uh, crushed. It, it was great. What we learned brought to you by Legal Zoom. Go out, and uh, if you're going to start 2020 on a uh, positive note, Legal Zoom can help you navigate the legal waters. Put uh, Patrick in that promo code in the referral box at checkout for special savings. Legal Zoom, where life meets legal. Have a great weekend, safe weekend. We'll talk to you again on Monday here on the Dan Patrick Show. What's happening, everybody? This is the official Lakers podcast. I'm your host, Mike Trudell. Super pumped to be here, flanked by Aaron Larsoul. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. Let's, Let's get, get it. it. I think the Lakers will be a top 10 defense. Okay, now. you're calling your shot again. A team that has two stars or two superstars in this case, as LeBron and AD, can sometimes cancel each other out. But I think they're both good candidates for MVP. I really like the way that this team just feels to be around. Mm-hmm. The uh, it's a it's a very clear message. It's two stars and LeBron and AD, and it's everybody else that's on board. The relationship that is developing between those two, off the court and on the court, their cohesiveness on the court. I think in this case, this is a special case that the two of them will enhance each other as opposed to taking away from each other. Be sure to rate, subscribe, and leave a review. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 73120. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details.